This episode was originally recorded and posted in 2019. And today's podcast, I'm going to review a show. I've written plenty of reviews, but I'm kind of sick of writing reviews, at least at the moment. So uh, I'm going to give you a podcast review of an art show in Los Angeles. Now uh, I'm doing, I'm recording this on uh, April 3rd, and I can tell you this show is is up through April 14th. So if you're hearing this when I first post it, great run out. Otherwise, this was a interesting enough show to, to review. Um, and the show is at the Hauser and Worth Gallery in Los Angeles. And the name of the show is Annie Leibovitz, The Early Years, 1970 to 83. Archive project number one. I guess the implication there is there's going to be some other Annie Leibovitz archive projects, or maybe the archive projects are a Hauser and Worth invention. And it doesn't really elaborate anywhere on the website, but the early years, they basically kind of coincide with the peak glory years of the baby boomers, 1970 to 1983. Actually, maybe uh, the peak boomer years were those the late 60s. What we're seeing in this show are the are the um, the fruits of the labor of the early baby boomer glory years um, after the 60s. So basically, the story was Annie Leibovitz uh, got a job with Rolling Stone, and that really put her in contact with um, just the icons of the era. And we're talking the um, celebrity icons, uh, definitely the music icons, and the political icons of the era. Uh, so the show, interestingly enough, curated by Annie Leibovitz. <laughs> Man, I thought there was a big rule. Never let the artist curate their own work. But um, somebody as uh, advanced and accomplished as Annie Leibovitz, I guess they're, they made an exception. Um, but there's still some interesting choices, and, and I can certainly analyze the show. The first thing, which I don't believe Annie Leibovitz as a curator did this sophisticated exhibition design. Um, it's, a, it's a really interesting exhibition design, especially... Uh, for a, a number of reasons involving how the visitors interact with it. Um, basically, you have almost a salon-style, just, you know, floor-to-ceiling, horror vacui, as they called it in the art history classes, uh, photographs. You have uh, the equivalent of one piece of photographic paper with three or four images on it. You have large prints, small prints, um, and, you, and it goes chronologically. Almost every shot's in black and white. And the chronology starting uh, appears to be the late 60s. The show says 1970, fine, 1970. Um, you get figures that were extremely prominent in the world back then. Hubert Humphrey, almost forgotten now, but could have been president. Um, and uh, interesting uh, things. You think of her as a rock and roll photographer, but uh, some some great shots of Louis Armstrong. Um, but for the most part, it's... Uh, political figures and celebrities and definitely a lot of uh, a lot of musicians primarily rock and roll so um it's chron chronological and it takes up two huge huge rooms in the hauser and worth complex 
in downtown Los Angeles. Um, but the, the photographs are um, thumbtacked pretty much onto some kind of like a, like a cloth canvas, maybe a wall. And then there's glass, maybe it's plexi, but I'm pretty sure it's glass uh, between the viewer and the photographs. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. If you have a really good camera, you could walk right up and get a really good shot of a you know perfect Annie Leibovitz approved <laughs> Annie Leibovitz print. But because there's this glass, the lighting um, above you gets ref reflected. And I tried to take shots with my phone camera, of course, amateur hour here of some, some of the shots that were of interest to me. And um, sure enough, to not have a, a, a glaring spotlight uh, reflected in the glass in, in, in the image that I was taking, I had to shoot at completely weird angles. And when I got home and looked at them, they were terrible. They were just, they were terrible, rep, rep, they were terrible representations of what Annie Leibovitz was presenting us with. So, um, anyway, the show kind of goes, uh, you know, there's lots of Jerry Garcia photos at one point. There's Jerry Brown, <laughs> the two California Jerry's there. Um, there's, you know, it, it's funny, interesting side note, if you, if you see the show is, there is a received opinion as to how the 70s looked. And then you see these photos that were really like the, you know, capturing absolute, the pulse of the 1970s. And uh, they, they look a lot different. You know, you, it's, it was a lot scruffier decade than uh, fashion uh, retreads would give it credit for. <laughs> or maybe they're actually saving it. Um, there's, you know, she, she went and saw the Sex Pistols play uh, on their American tour. She, you know, she caught everything, um, a wide, 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 wide uh, variety of what's at the peak. And, and most of this was for, on assignment for Rolling Stone uh, magazine. Now, um, the triumph of the show is one whole wall, and it's a long wall. When I say a wall at Hauser and Worth, it ain't like a wall at most other galleries, you know. This one wall could is the linear feet of maybe three galleries in L.A. <laughs> but um, so it's a large, uh, large wall of her accompanying the Rolling Stones on their 1972 uh, world tour. And uh, it's a pretty fantastic. Uh, you just you get you get them playing on stage. Obviously, you get them backstage. You get the, the groupies just, you know, it, 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 you feel at some point you're on tour with the Rolling Stones. It, it's a very palpable frenzy. Uh, you feel like such an insider, so many backstage shots. And, um, but there's this one great shot, not of the Rolling Stones tour, but of, she was uh, with Elton John. And the, and the genius of this piece is because it's in black and white. So there's, there's a picture of Elton John ready to go on stage in, in just a ridiculous costume, which, Elton John was known for uh, in his, in like, this is about 1974, let's say. Um, he's reaching the peak of superstardom, and he comes on stage with these just outlandish costumes. So in this picture, he's wearing what looks like, um, has you know, it has colorful, it has uh, uh, metal rods that come out with colorful balls attached to them. Fluorescent green, fluorescent orange, fluorescent pink, 
on this like purplish like outfit like a shell like a, the plastic shell to hold these rods with balls popping out all over but the thing is it's a black and white photo so the balls it it looks really dull and he's standing there he's just he's backstage he's in his costume he's ready to go but he's just standing there on his left is like a tour manager guy doesn't look like rock and roll at all and on the right is nigel olson the drummer and who, who too is just kind of he's dressed to you know drummers are very athletic you know for a two-hour concert the drummer so he's wearing you know very um uh, form-fitting you know or very very um practical clothes the, the the function is leading not the not the form and so but elton and elton john he's got these wild glasses and this crazy outfit but he's just kind of staring deadpan at the um camera and it just it's one of these things you could only get the shot backstage but it's 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 knowing that there's there's a certain weird irony in the in the in the in the kind of like god you look stupid you know like there's no glamour in this at all you know, five minutes after the shot was taken, of course, you know, 20,000 people were screaming and at the guy at, you know, he was at the apex of his superstardom. So little vignettes like this are very re rewarding. Um, now, if I had to critique the show, when I initially looked at it, I thought, oh God, did a Hauser and Worth curator do this? Because the easiest thing in the world is to do chronologically. So, but weird thing is like, you keep seeing shots of like you have Jerry Garcia driving a car. You have Richard Pryor driving a car They're behind the wheel. So she obviously she wanted to hang out with him for the day and do some shots. So she meets with him and she gets in the passenger seat. And as they're driving, she's chatting him up. She starts clicking these photos. And so I thought, Oh God, I wish the curator, which I later found out was Andy Leibovitz. So I guess I have to go light, but wouldn't this would have been a more interesting show if maybe they could have done some thematic things like, you know, have her make some new prints of famous people behind the wheel, you know, and, and there were probably 10 shots in the show of unique figures, all historically important in the milieu of American entertainment, at least, um, driving the car and, you know, like, oh, did, did you know Jerry Garcia had a driver's license? I guess, yeah, actually, they found his body in a BMW, right? <laughs> in, in the driver's seat, <laughs> uh, not in the trunk. Um, but, uh, you know, did uh, Richard Pryor's driving. I mean, these are big celebrities now. Of course, they'd have the <laughs> the, the Uber driver, the limo driver uh, driving them around. But little things like that, like I think the access that she had, or maybe there could have just been a backstage area. The Rolling Stones wall, you know, you've got them on stage, you got the frenzy, but you also have them, you know, they're just kind of like hanging out. And a random photo, if you didn't know, you just say, oh, it's just some people. But but this, you know, there's nothing um, compositionally uh magnificent about a lot of these candid shots but put together as an installation it's a pretty frenzied thing but i think um it could have been a little more inventive instead of just a straight chronology um but it, it you know if that's if i have to critique it if i i gotta find something to bash this show with um the um near the 80s the show goes up to 83 near the 80s um there starts to be more photos in color uh, the 80s get really short shrift. She obviously was um, doing work for other publications that weren't included in the show. Or um, for some reason, it's just, there's just not as many uh, photographs here. If they were really concentrating on her work for the for Rolling Stone magazine, that, that would make sense. She just had less and less assignments until she finally just, for one reason or another, stopped uh, working for them. Um, 
she, you know, there's the dramatic shot of, um, you know, she asked John and Yoko if they wanted to recreate their two virgins nude album cover in 1980. And John said, well, he'd take up his clothes off, but uh, Yoko wouldn't. So he snuggled up to her on the side naked. And then he was murdered later that night. So it's the, the, the work became, has a very weird sort of, you know, there's a, there's a, just an eerie sadness uh, to all things associated with, uh, with that tragic loss. But here's the historic photo. Um, she has some photos of people and like, there's a couple of Bob Dylan where there's three or four photos and she just has them thumbtacked and you, you can't even see two of them because the big one is thumbtacked over it. So there's just, there's some Dylans back there, but she just threw them up there. Um, and there's a great, great shot. Maybe the, maybe the greatest shot in the show as I'm apparent, you know, I'm definitely partial to, um, art as a theme is of Keith Haring. And the story was he, he painted the entire interior of his apartment like a Keith Haring painting. And then she said, what about you? And he stripped off his clothes and he painted himself as a Keith Haring uh, drawing. And he stood there naked. And that photo appeared in Rolling Stone. Um, and the irony is that I remember that issue. Axl Rose was on the cover. And it's like they had this amazing image, one of the just this, this amazing, haunting image of Keith Haring, just boom, there he is, like boom, here I am, here's art. And uh, but no, we got to put Axel Rose and his pierced nipple and his you know sneer on the cover because well, that's what sells magazines. Um, I think that was after '83. See, the show says through '83, but I don't. I think that Keith Haring was taken after '83. Ha ha, you're busted. Anyway, um, I don't know that this show was about selling photographic prints as much as putting together a major publication of her work. Um, and Leibovitz's Hauser and Worth is going to be selling this big book of her, of, of her, of her, um, photographs. So, um, now I went on a Saturday and I got to tell you, Hauser and Worth, they have a restaurant on the premises, Manuela, very good brunch, by the way. Take your wife out to brunch. You gotta, you gotta do the Hauserworth experience. You gotta eat at Manuela. Great brunch, but everybody's there. Everybody's there. It's like, like a very crowded museum. So, uh, if you have a chance to see this in the next uh, week that it's up, I would, I would definitely go on a weekday. Uh, get there, get there early, beat the crowds. Uh, it's a tremendous show, though. Uh, if you are a millennial who critiques the baby boomer generation, oh man, is there uh, ammunition here on the frivolous wasting of America's peak uh, might, cultural prowess on, you know, the only thing, the only thing you don't really see a lot of that's definitely present in most of these photos is the cocaine. Um, you see a lot of dilated pupils. Um, but yes, there's, there, there, one could critique this from a millennial perspective as, as the peak frivolousness. Uh, but, um, but there's some, you know, there's some great shots, uh, compositionally considering that most of these are, um, candid photos. She certainly had an eye for, uh, a great moment. Photographers always have that option of taking a hundred photos and then finding the best one. But Annie Leibovitz uh, proves her mettle with her staged photos, uh, which are 
truly, truly magnificent. So um, uh, a major photographer and uh, a, a pretty good show. And um, there's one other show at Hauser & Worth of early works by Piero Manzoni. Um, now, see, this is what most people would stereotype uh, a major art gallery is having. Uh, these are very, they're, they're like um, a square with cotton balls in it, and it's considered to be a painting. See, it does exactly what a painting does. It sits on a wall, and you stare at it, and there's this material that, you know, forms this texture and surface, composite, non-compositional abstraction, right? But it's just cotton balls or fur. And um, the interesting thing about these uh, artworks, some of which were lent by major European institutions, for this exhibit at this commercial gallery is that uh, um, these were, he was really one of the first people to do this. The, the value in this work is that it was the first stuff of this type of art, um, the stereotypical, oh, look, you know, I'm trying to be radical here. Well, Piero Manzoni is most famous for pooping into a can and have it professionally canned and uh, sending, sending, it was like, that's my art, is my poop. And it was, apparently, there really is poop in these cans. Uh, how many decades later, if you want to buy one for a million dollars and crack it open. And then, uh, apparently, Manzoni wasn't, uh, not, his, his, his brain was operating uh, on a different level, uh, chemically, let's just say. And I think he had an early demise uh, afterwards because of the, those issues. Um, but it's interesting that that's like the show, the stereotypical show of, of an art gallery. Like, look, we're a serious art gallery. We have this major important show by the one of the first artists to, you know, to take these ordinary materials and mimic abstraction as a material physical, the experience of a physicality uh, in, a, in a painted surface. But it didn't wasn't even didn't involve oil paint. And yet it still was a painting. Um, he's one of the first, look, we have this serious scholarly show. Oh yeah. And then in the other room, I know it's only rock and roll, but I like it. Um, so that's the, uh, Hauser and Worth show. And Hey, that's my podcast. Uh, how'd you like it? Woohoo! This episode was originally recorded and posted in 2019.